Craig Bishop and the Council Roundup. All out to get to today with the Springfield City Council Roundup. It is on WMAY, and I am Greg Bishop. Thanks for hanging out. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. If there's a Springfield City Council meeting on a Tuesday or a committee of the whole meeting on a Tuesday, I wake up bright and early in the morning on Wednesday and download it, listen to it, and bring you all the highlights. we got a lot to get to. Uh, an hour and a half meeting and uh, a lot of uh, other issues to tackle other than just ordinary ordinances on consideration, uh, including Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder opening up the meeting with a, uh, a statement he wanted to share. And uh, he, he read this uh, to, the, uh, to the council uh, and asked for a moment of silence. Here is the council roundup with Springfield Mayor Jim Langfelder last night. It was a lovely and modern city with two million people which enjoyed a happy existence until soldiers marched in and invaded. Change came so suddenly, we could not realize what was happening to us. It was like we had learned as the Huns came across from Asia to Europe centuries ago. For the first time in our lives, separated from our parents. You can believe me, it was very, very hard to live with strange people and to know that your parents are so far away. These excerpts were from my father's book, regarding his journey as a young boy fleeing from the capital city of Vienna, Austria, March 1938, when Germans invaded. He always said, remember your history because it can be repeated. Fast forward to the tragic and horrific events unfolding before our eyes in the capital city of Kiev, Ukraine, March 2022. The warning sign should ring like a bell, with democracy and freedom under attack while families are being separated. Let us take a moment of silence in prayer and solitude as a show of support for Ukraine and its people. May God give them the strength to overcome and survive the challenges thrust upon them. So they take a moment of silence there. I think it's uh, pretty profound and uh, something that uh, the mayor was reading from uh, his father's book uh, early on in that statement. Um, back with more of the council roundup here. Uh, of course, you've got a lot of discussion uh, of various ordinances that uh, is typical during a council meeting. But last night, we got two different presentations, one from Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett. So we'll get to some of the crime stats. But another was from the city's inspector general. Judge Holmes, and he presented uh, uh, some of the uh, the latest investigations that he undertook. But before talking about those, he wanted to give a bit of an overview of the past two years and what it's been like being an inspector general during a pandemic. In the past two years, I have had one face-to-face -face meeting with a complainant. I've had a number of anonymous complaints that then don't follow up. Uh, so it, the caseload has been small. Uh, I look forward to the day when I can sit down face-to-face -face with citizens that have a concern because uh, I can serve them much better in person. I would imagine that is the case, that uh, <laughs> doing this over the phone or via email has got to be tough. Setting up a face-to-face uh, -face meeting to actually delve into some of these things, uh, that's, that's where you're going to get to the bottom of it. So uh, he lays out several reports. We don't hear all of them here, but we do hear some of the highlights. Here is Judge Holmes with the first report. I was contacted by an anonymous complainant uh, regarding a particular city of employee who is alleged to be using a false address to show city residency 
uh, when in fact the employee lived at a different address, probably in a different county. And that, of course, would violate the city's residency requirements for most employees. More on that. Uh, I researched the address that the employee gave to the city, uh, and the respondent's name was not on the title to the property. In fact, the property owner who was listed at that site was listed as receiving an owner-occupied exemption. So obviously may have been, um, well, a fake address. Uh, more on the investigation. I was about to arrange for surveillance uh, to track the respondent when leaving work and seeing where the respondent went for home. Uh, when I was advised that respondent resigned and took a job elsewhere. Well, there you go. That's one way I guess you can end an investigation of somebody violating a, a residency requirement is, well, they just they just end up quitting. Uh, but uh, Judge Holmes says that these types of allegations are serious and people are going to be held accountable. We have contracts, many of them union contracts requiring residency uh, and uh, Employees should be aware that there are uh, fellow employees who are keeping track. Uh, and if I am contacted again, I will again zealously pursue uh, getting to the bottom of, of the issue. So obviously those types of investigations Holmes will pursue. Uh, another report in front of the Springfield City Council last night with the Inspector General reviewing some of the things that he's had to investigate regarding remarks that Alderman McMiniman made to the media on July 28, 2021, the day after union protesters disrupted a committee of the whole meeting. Uh, in his remarks to the media, Alderman McMiniman compared the union disruption to the January 6, 2021. Actually, that should be 20. No, it was 21. Uh, U.S. Capitol insurrection and gave his opinion that the union protesters need to be arrested for disorderly conduct. So uh, if you recall that, I do. Uh, we had talked with Alderman McMiniman about this, and uh, he was very critical of uh, the union organizer who organized several uh, city employees and union members to interrupt uh, the, the committee of the whole meeting that night. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was quite the drama that unfolded. Uh, but uh, more from Judge Holmes on uh, the, the accusations that were made. The disruption lasted for several minutes, and then the shouting ceased. Immediately thereafter, uh, on the tape, Alderman McMiniman stated they had never seen anything like that and called it unacceptable. Uh, Alderman Fulgenzi, who was chairing the committee of the whole, stated on the recording, I agree. So uh, we played that here on the council roundup as well, uh, that uh, that back and forth. Uh, but again, the, the anonymous complaint accused something that uh, triggered this investigation. Complainant felt that the comments by Alderman McMiniman uh, were uh, unbecoming an alderman. And uh, ultimately, he investigated and he uh, looked at uh, tape and uh, uh, what were his findings. Demonstration may have risen to the level of criminal disorderly conduct. It should be noted that no arrests were made and the state's attorney did not file any charges. And what about uh, looking into Alderman McMiniman's conduct? Those comments fall within fair political discourse and constitute protected speech. 
Based on the foregoing conclusions, no further action is recommended, and this investigation is closed. Alderman McMiniman, of course, there on the council, he uh, he, he wanted to make sure that his voice was heard uh, after the uh, inspector here laid out uh, his findings after the investigation. Can I make a recommendation that sure. when a complaint is made, against anyone that that person be allowed to respond to the situation and I was never given that opportunity in this particular matter and had I been given the opportunity to comment I would have pointed out that my uh, I was inaccurately um, quoted by the local TV station and when they go back and look at the TV script, I say the leader of that group should be arrested for disorderly conduct. The, the leader who should have known better. I said one person should be arrested. And I requested the TV station, WICS, to make a correction. And he says they uh, they ultimately did make that correction, uh, but he wanted to make sure that uh, that was corrected in Judge Holmes's report. This report um, um, repeats the mistake that the... Uh, WICS made so I just want to be fair to myself all right uh, then you get Judge Holmes uh, responding a bit about the idea of uh, having uh, the the person being accused in these things uh, interviewed my policy and and the ordinance if I am uh, prepared to make a founded uh, finding uh, then uh, the respondent is contacted and given opportunity having uh, determined at the very early stage in the investigation that what you said is fair speech and protected speech. Uh, if I were going to make uh, recommendations that there be some sanction, I absolutely would have contacted you. But since no findings were made there was no reason to contact McMiniman. uh interesting stuff still a couple of other reports that the inspector general puts out there we'll get to those also the latest crime statistics from police chief ken scarlett and a few other tidbits as well uh, if we've got time to get to it here on the council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west back with the council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west their downtown location now open for lunch at West Subs. So we're in the middle of hearing some of the investigations that the uh, Inspector General has conducted and concluded. Uh, and uh, didn't really see much, uh, by the way, of uh, findings, but still pretty revealing as to all the different things that are happening here. But uh, here is Judge Holmes with more uh, as the Inspector General for the city of Springfield and complaints that are levied, uh, and he has to investigate. I was contacted by a complainant who did provide their identity but wished to remain anonymous uh, with concerns that a city employee was conducting business in a nearby community while on city time. Again, I worked with Jim Cousin of HR uh, who reached out to the employee in question. Compliance was uh, obtained and permission granted for the city employee to have secondary employment so long as it did not interfere with fulfilling city work. Ultimately, the findings were, there were no findings. The matter is closed. Again, I guess the message, just like the, the false address allegations, is that people are watching. People are watching city employees, and, and uh, those that bring that to my attention, I will 
fully investigate. So we're hearing about some of those investigations of the complaints that Judge Holmes receives as an inspector general. And here's one about a, a coal contract that's years old. And there was even a lawsuit that developed. Greg Doolin of Chicago contacted me and was the one live interview that I had in the past two years uh, in my office. And thereafter, I received multiple phone conferences, a high volume of emails, and a massive number of documents. It's Mr. Do it was Mr. Doolin's contention that the city council was misled by the mayor, corporation council, Doug Brown, and John Davis of CWOP into a contract with Arch, which was not beneficial to the city. I should note uh, Mr. Doolin's passing uh, Mr. Doolin died in January of 2022. Mm, that's rough. Um, more on the investigation from Judge Holmes. Uh, is that during the lengthy meeting, a full cross-section of the aldermen asked presenters at least 22 significant, insightful questions, and discussions ensued regarding these questions. So there was thorough questioning by this body. Some of you were members back then in 2015 and may recall that. More on this. The FBI interviewed witnesses oh, man. at Mr. Doolin's request and closed its investigation with no action taken. The Illinois Attorney General's Office conducted an investigation and again, after conducting interviews and investigation, closed its file without taking any action. Huh. All right. Well, you got uh, some pretty big uh, agencies investing all of that, and they closed their investigations without taking any action. More on in this. In 2017, Michael and Jennifer Frakes filed suit in the circuit court of Sangamon County against Arch Cole, Mayor, Corporation Council, Mr. Brown and Mr. Davis. Uh, while Mr. Doolin denied that he financed that litigation, while in my presence with his cell phone laying in front of me, he received a call from Mr. Fr Frakes in my office. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of funny. Uh, um, but, man, this, uh, this investigation, of course, there's, uh, there's a lot of twists and turns and so on. After thorough investigation, my conclusions match those of the FBI and the Illinois Attorney General. I find no indicia of wrongdoing exists on the part of any of the named respondents. City ultimately signed a favorable contract, uh, and no wrongdoing emerged in my investigation. Therefore, it is closed without recommendation of further action. Closed without recommendation for further action. Uh, and Alderman Hanauer, he wanted to chime in on this. Because, you know, when the FBI comes and the Attorney General comes, you you got to have representation. And that's just not right. I'm And, and we should have we stopped this guy from the very beginning. I, I don't know from the legal standpoint, but I think in the future, I mean, this could happen on any contract that we have. And we, we've got to put something in where we, we don't, we, we have to go, we have to stop that kind of stuff. I don't know how you do go about stopping that kind of stuff. I mean, anybody can follow, file a lawsuit. Um, anybody can make a complaint to an inspector general. Uh, I don't know how you stop that, those types of things. Uh, but Alderman Redpath also chiming in. They were trying to create that situation where... They undercut the budget, undercut the bid, and then once they got to the point where they could show that they couldn't produce the coal for what they were doing, they were going to raise the price three times what it was worth. Huh. I mean, that was obvious when we were looking at this. We knew that. That's why there was 22 questions when they came in front of this council at that time. 
interesting stuff. Always like seeing and reading Inspector General's reports because uh, the the efforts that are taken to investigate claims uh, very similar to to what journalists do, but they go even deeper uh, with uh, long depositions and whatnot. Uh, so it's uh, pretty fascinating to hear all that. All right, got to take a break. Come back and hear some crime statistics from Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett. So that's next on the WMAY Morning News Feed. We've got a lot more of the Council Roundup left here on the WMAY Morning News Feed and little time to get through it. So let's do it. Head West Substop Council Roundup. Of course, Head West Substop. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Head West Subs. It's here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. And I'm Greg Bishop. So last night you heard from the Inspector General about some complaints made uh, against city employees and even a city alderman. Uh, and all those were ultimately uh, not founded. Uh, one of them actually somebody quit working for the city of Springfield after uh, being investigated for not following the residency rules. Uh, but you also had another report last night. Uh, Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett due to the job and he's laying out some crime stats. Uh, calls for service uh, were, were fairly uh, flat, slightly <laughs> below where they were last year. The main uh, uh, point of note on this page is that crash reports were up 13% compared to last year. Interesting. Um, one of the things behind that? So we're actually, we were below our five-year average. We believe that the increase here was due to the lack of driving during the 2020 shutdowns. So lack of driving during the 2020 shutdowns, you're going to have a low number of crashes. And then for 2021, the kind of a typical crash year, it's still going to be higher than it was in 2020. Uh, other stats? On calls for service, again, as of note here, uh, January calls for service were relatively high compared to uh, the other months. We believe this was simply because of the influx of, of violence that we experienced in our community in January. And goes on to discuss other things. Part one index crimes in the city of Springfield were down 4% over uh, 2021. So... Uh, again, these stats uh, being laid out by the police chief uh, as to uh, what they're seeing on the streets and all the numbers. Specifically, uh, sex assaults were down 21. Robberies were down. Ag assaults and ag batteries were down. Burglaries were down. Thefts were down. The only difference is motor vehicle thefts were up and significantly. And we still believe that's as a result of people leaving keys in vehicles, mm. leaving vehicles unlocked. God. Uh, and additionally, our detectives were able to to make an arrest uh, late last year of some juveniles that were responsible for a majority uh, of uh, motor vehicle thefts in our city. So, again, kudos to the work of the men and women. Other statistics, this time focusing on shots fired. This is just a breakdown of those 68 shooting victims. Again, uh, just shy of half of these uh, shootings were gang-related. Uh, as well as a uh, potential mobile conveyance there. And we believe that's why the LPRs as they're being installed uh, as we speak are ever so important moving forward. LPRs are license plate readers. Additionally, uh, the focus deterrence program that uh, uh, we were uh, given money to at the, the budget hearing is ever so important to get to these young kids before they end up in a situation uh, on, on either side of the, the violence. So. So you've got, uh, of course, some alarming numbers there on uh, shooting victims, more than 60. But uh, when it comes to shot spotter, uh, it's a pretty large number there, too. This says a lot about the fact that our officers were not only uh, going out and recovering guns, but they're finding uh, these guns on individuals and holding them responsible and accountable. So, again, great work by our officers. I think the number was more than 160 guns confiscated, but that's just a very 
small fraction of the total numbers of shot spotter calls that went out. Uh, our officers conducted uh, almost 17,500 shot spotter connect patrols, and this has only been up since August of 2021. Wow. <laughs> is that number right? 17,000 or is it 1,700? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty large number. Uh, meanwhile, talking about head count, how many officers we've got. So authorized strength is 253. We're currently sitting at 226 with uh, our intent to hire 35 uh, over the next uh, four months, roughly. And we do have 19 that are, are eligible for retirement in this calendar year. So we'll see, of course, the uh, the head count fluctuate as you've got retirements on the way, but also new recruits hoping to uh, get on board. Alderman Redpath with some questions. Chief, there's an uptick in human trafficking throughout the country. I see that we have one case. Are you seeing any trends at the city? One case in and of itself is, well, one is one too many, obviously, but it, not uh, not enough to show any sort of trend as it pertains to what's going on here locally. But Alderman Sean Gregory, uh, he also has uh, some questions just about some of the stats, including the number of guns that have been confiscated in the city of Springfield. 160 plus in one year, uh, you know, that's sort of concerning. Um, and, and, and I'm just wondering, uh, are we getting any traction on where all these guns are coming from? How, how are we getting them in the city? I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, and Scarlett, uh, the police chief, he, he kind of highlights how they do some of the investigations. Gathering intelligence. There's more of that intelligence gathering piece, utilizing uh, social media and other platforms to identify individuals that may be carrying weapons. So interesting stuff there from the uh, um, police chief uh, highlighting the uh, various reports when it comes to crime stats. Uh, so uh, good to hear those reports. All right, extending the council roundup here on the WMAY morning news feed because we got a few more things to talk about, including some um, kind of, uh, you know, cleanup things. You had uh, Springfield Alderman Chuck Redpath uh, wanting to find out about panhandling because they have an ordinance that's been in committee for a while, uh, has an advance that would try to limit people panhandling in the middle of the road. And if you're driving to work right now, you're probably seeing that. And uh, here's uh, some of what the Corporation Council, Jim Zirkel, had to say about the uh, status of that. A mayor had asked us to take a look at a slight revision uh, to one of those, so we are in the kind of the process of doing that. And Alderman Redpath said it's pretty important we get this thing done. And I, I observed at Lindbergh and, and Veterans uh, two panhandlers who are very aggressive. Yes. Uh, pounding on windows. Oh, um, man. I usually call SPD, but I didn't get a chance to do that. But very aggressive. I saw a woman yesterday, panhandler, uh, get up in the face of a male panhandler, and the woman punched the male panhandler in the face as I was driving by. Uh, so it's, it's getting pretty out of hand down there. Something needs to happen. Uh, meanwhile, Alderman Joe McMiniman, he wants to make sure that uh, the issue of pensions and our obligations for public safety pensions, police and fire, is top of mind. He said last week didn't get everything that uh, he wanted. Last Tuesday night, I got home and uh, Lynn said to me, my wife said to me, Joe, you got four yes votes on the uh, on your pension ordinance. And she was really upbeat. And I was kind of downbeat because I needed I knew we needed one more to get a yes vote from Mayor Langfeller, which you've said you would have given. And he said his wife said you should have got your cards out from like 10 years ago. And I remember when he did this. 
because I was covering the city council back then. And he said he went and dug up those cards. He still had those cards. <laughs> this, this is the honest-to-God truth. I used these cards 10 years ago. No one was here then except Mayor Langfeld, who sat back there. So I said then, in 1994, this was our pension debt, $15 million. And then I said, this is our current pension debt. This is 10 years ago, $205 million. And I swear to God, then I said, this is our future problem, $400 million. New card. Um, and, and it's not a new card. It's, this is this, and this is not a new card. Uh, he ultimately said, listen, we need to get a handle of this because if not, it could possibly go up to $800 million. Could you imagine the city of Springfield having nearly a billion dollars of unfunded pension debt? Just the city. Uh, see what happens. Uh, maybe I'll still be covering it in 10 years. Uh, meanwhile, Alderman Redpath wants something dumb about them gumball trees. Seeing the number of gumball trees that we have in Indian Hills, it's amazing. But Alderwoman DeCenso saying, careful, some people like those trees. Don't mess with people's trees, man. I'm, I'm, just I'm telling you, you that's the problem. Then, then, then appropriate the money for it, because I'm telling you, that is our problem. And then and, and Public Works will tell you the same thing. All right, and that's your council roundup. I can't believe we got through it all. What a morning already.